You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogemeyer and on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, joining us. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you can get 20% off your next order. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into a free agent Friday, where we're going to be getting into some more free agents as we get closer to the offseason period in the NFL and the Chargers bringing in some talent to the team. But before we get started, a special thank you to all of our new listeners checking out the show for the first time and our loyal fans for coming back and giving us a chance again. We really appreciate you guys, and if you don't already, make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers Podcast wherever you get your podcast from. You can find it there. We have a really fun free agent Friday show for you guys today. We're going to be doing some different things. So in the first segment, we're going to be getting into Jeremy Fowler's list of the best 50 free agents. Two Chargers made the list, both going to other teams, and the Chargers were also linked to two players on the list that should end up with them according to Jeremy Fowler and then in the second segment we're going to be getting into a reunion because we're going to be talking about two former Chargers in Jason Verrett and Tyrell Williams both guys who could be available in free agency and could make a comeback to the Chargers and if we think that should happen and then the wrap up the show we want to talk about the big names that have been floating around there the latest one being Von Miller who might get released by the Broncos because of his huge cap hit in 2021 and the other big name out there right now that could help the Chargers a lot is J.J. Watt. So we'll, get, so we'll be getting into those big names at the end of the show. But let's go ahead and get into it. Before we get into Free Agent Friday, I do want to just send a special message out there just because I want to you know, send our thoughts and prayers out to Wayne Nunnally's family, who is a 36-year coach at different levels at the NFL and college level. But for the Chargers, he served as their defensive line coach from 1997 to 2008. He passed away at the age of 68, and this has been a very sad week for Chargers fans. But he was a very accomplished man who became the first black head coach for UNLV. He was also the first alumnus to ever got, come from the school to be the school's head football coach. So that's something he was very proud of as well. So definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers out to his family. But let's go ahead and get into the rest of the show, guys. I want to start our Free Agent Friday segment by getting into an article from ESPN by Jeremy Fowler. The article is the best 50 free agents in the NFL and their best landing spots. So two Chargers make the list. Hunter Henry was the fifth biggest free agent, according to Jeremy Fowler, and it actually has him going to the Colts. We'll get into that, but I want to first talk about the first guy that was linked to the Chargers from another team, David, and that's Alejandro Villanueva. This is a guy that has played very well for the Steelers for a long time, Big Ben's left tackle, and a guy that has played pretty well. I mean, he's not really ever thought of as like a top five tackle, but I think he's well respected as a decent tackle, and I think what this has to do with is, as he puts it on here, Sam Tevy is going to hit free agency. You don't necessarily have an option there. You haven't picked up a guy at 13. You haven't been able to trade for Orlando Brown Jr. So that is a big question mark right now. So now I think the question becomes, do you want to get another Band-Aid at that spot with another 
aging veteran free agent tackle. Yeah, I mean, you could say that he's aging because he's 32 years old, but he's only played in the NFL for six years. And so he's actually, you know, doesn't have a lot of tread uh, on his tires, so, so to speak. So, yeah, 32, but, I mean, I think he still has a lot of football left. And he's coming off a contract that for left tackles is crazy small four years 24 million only a six million dollar signing bonus that's insane you look at some of the left tackle contracts in the nfl right now and they're 15 16 18 million dollars a year so to get this type of production that he brings i mean this guy's never had a pass block grade under 70 and a half never I mean, I I don't know if you have seen a charger that has had that consistent uh, grade from PFF, who they're notoriously really hard graders, especially when it comes to the chargers. But a lot of consistency, too. Six straight seasons, he's played every single game. Every single game. Let me repeat that. 16 games, six straight seasons in a row. So, if you're looking at Alejandro Villanueva and you, you say, you know, maybe a two or three year deal with a ripcord after that second year, I think he still has a lot of football left. And I actually agree that this would be a great fit to help protect Justin Herbert. And who doesn't want an Army Ranger? Come on now. Yeah, exactly. That's why he didn't start his NFL career until as late as he did. So he's definitely, I mean, something somebody we all would look up to. I mean, definitely a guy that has been consistent for Big Ben on that offensive line. I, I Yes, it's so hard because you've just seen these kind of things blow up in the Chargers' face, right? I mean, Brian Bulaga obviously had his injury history. Trey Turner hadn't played in less than 13 games. And either way, these have just not worked out for the Chargers. I do think if you're going to go that direction and go for you know a free agent offensive tackle veteran, I think you could do much worse than a guy who's very experienced covering Justin Herbert's blindside while still you know addressing that position in the draft and finding his successor, Brian Bulaga's successor, potentially, and having a backup plan there. And the other reason Alejandro Villanueva could make sense for the Chargers is because his former offensive line coach, Sean Sarrett, works at, with the Chargers as their new assistant offensive line coach. And we know these things so often come down to your connections in the NFL. And the next one he linked the Chargers to also would potentially make sense because of those the same reasons, John, and that's Leonard Floyd, who Brandon Staley worked with in Chicago and last year with the Los Angeles Rams and it put up a career year with 10 and a half sacks. This one's tough for me because obviously you know that Brandon Staley should be able to get the most out of him. I don't know what his contract is going to look like. I know for him it's probably a good time to cash in coming off of his best season. But what do you think about the Chargers fit with Leonard Floyd coming to Los Angeles or I should say, you know, staying in Los Angeles? Well, the Leonard Floyd one's kind of a questionable one just because, like you said, what is that contract going to look like? Would his talent be good here? And the fact that he has all this chemistry with Staley, would that be good? Absolutely. But with the whole cap situation we're going to have because of the COVID situation with not having fans and merchandise selling as well, so they're lowering it, that becomes a risky situation there. I, I feel like if between the two you'd have to go after – Alejandro, who, as you mentioned before, already has a connection with his former Steelers coach being on the team. And Staley loves to sign guys that have connections, as you've seen already. Everybody he's signed is almost everyone he has worked with somewhere, somehow. So I'd have to go with the offensive line more than anything. But if Floyd takes a decent deal that's not over the top, I think he'd be a great fit. I would much rather pay him $11.5 million than pay Trey Turner $11.5 million. I'll tell you that right now. 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, the Chargers are also linked to John Johnson, who has an obvious tie with the Chargers and Brandon Staley. That's another fit that would make a lot of sense for them to think about. And obviously, Brandon Staley would try to probably bring him in, but you're only going to be able to make so many of those moves. You're not going to get Leonard Foy and John Johnson and be able to bring back Michael Davis. I mean, there's only so much you can do, even with the new salary cap floor being at $180 million instead of the 175 they originally had it set as. So even with all of that, if you cut Trey Turner, it definitely gives you some more flexibility. And if you want to add veterans, I think both of those guys would fit with the Chargers and would probably produce for the Chargers. And I think that's all you can really ask for. And we'll just have to wait to see what the market is. But as far as Hunter Henry, his link was to the Colts. I think that, I mean, with the Chargers' ability to franchise tag Hunter Henry, I don't think that it's super likely that he would end up there. But if he makes it to unrestricted free agency and they don't get something worked out before he hits it, I think he can absolutely get away from the Chargers. And then the other thing is, is Melvin Ingram to the Raiders, which I think makes a lot of sense. Him following Gus Bradley, even though in the three seasons he had with Gus Bradley in his final three seasons, he only had 14 sacks in those three years. So it is a. I was about to say, I don't know if it makes that much sense. I don't know if I want to go back to a D coordinator that uh, ended up with those kind of stats. I, well, I mean, and he I had a lot of injuries too. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if he's going to use them the right way. That's my concern if I'm Melvin. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to wonder because obviously the year before that, he did pretty good in his first season. Under Gus Bradley, I mean, their Chargers have one of the better defenses in the NFL, but if he thinks that he's, you know, a defensive end and not a linebacker, I just don't think that's much of an issue because we saw him standing up so much anyways. We didn't really see him in coverage, but he would make some sense too, depending on what that contract is. If he went to the Raiders, that would make a lot of sense too if the Chargers were kind of turning the page on that book. But we do have two more segments to get into. We have four more guys at least that we want to talk about. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about if it makes sense for the Chargers to potentially have a reunion with former players Tyrell Williams and Jason Verrett. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and that is a Built Bar. Right now, they're having a flash sale for the Coconut Puff Bar. I'm talking luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, and it's made with premium collagen protein blend, only six. With 16 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only uh, 6 grams of sugar. They're gluten-free, they're preservative-free, and they're delicious. And right now, if you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can take part in the limited-time-only one-day sale order now. Alright guys, well, now I wanted to get into some Chargers reunions. And we don't really see this kind of thing happen very often. Somebody leaving the Chargers and coming back to them. I mean, John, I'll have you start to think about who the last guy is that did that for the Chargers. But it doesn't happen very often. And two guys are going into free agency probably that have been on the Chargers and have produced for the Chargers in very, very different ways. And the one guy I want to talk about first, John, is Tyrell Williams because Tyrell Williams, obviously, when he left the Chargers, we knew he wasn't coming back. We knew he was going to command too much money. We knew that being the third option in Los Angeles was also something that he did not want to do. And in his first season with the Raiders, he played pretty well. I mean, he played in 14 games, 42 catches, six touchdowns, 651 yards. But he missed the entire last season with a torn labrum. And now the reports are that he's going to be released by the Raiders when the new year starts. So what would you think about bringing in Tyrell Williams back to a crowded Chargers wide receiving room? Uh, I don't, I'm kind of sketchy on this one because, because we have a guy that's basically the same thing as Tyrell Williams, who is younger and a lot easier to groom into what you want him to be. And that's Tyrone Johnson. And he's probably way cheaper as well. But 
Terrell Williams has shown that he's really good with catching like a five-yard crossing route and turning it into 20 yards or even more. And also being a deep threat or with a vertical route. Like He has a lot of ways of making a, getting yards after the catch. And most of them don't involve breaking tackles. <laughs> That's the weird thing. Yeah. He just catches a ball and runs in one direction towards the sideline. There it is, 12 yards, 20 yards, whatever the situation is. He always gets yards after the catch. But I think his situation would work with us. And at the same time, if you're not going to bring back Mike Williams, then this would probably have to be a signing that you would do. But if you're bringing back Mike Williams, you probably want to avoid this and keep your two veterans and two really young guys that are up and coming. Well, even for a guy who was tall, I mean, like 6'4", he was never that jump ball threat. His hands got a lot better. I mean, he made many more contested catches later on in his time with the Chargers than he did early on. And when he was the Chargers' third option behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you know, that was probably 2018, 41 catches, 653 yards. So there's definitely room for that on the Chargers. Depends on how much you believe in guys like Tyron Johnson, who's has a similar speed, but obviously doesn't bring the, you know, 6'4", giant ability. And then we didn't really see them using him that way with, like, the drag routes and things like that last season. We saw some deep crossing routes, which worked well for him, but not too much of it, and he wasn't very consistent. And with Tyrell Williams' main time with the Chargers, he was, you know, three catches for 60 yards as a normal stat line you'd see from him. So I do think a lot of it has to do with how much the price is going to be because he also doesn't have these relationships with the coaching staff because... It's an entirely different coaching staff, but he does still have a relationship with Tom Telesco. But David, the next guy, we have seen him succeed recently. It's a story that I love to see. And I want to say I just got goosebumps just now just talking about it because it's about Jason Barrett. And this is a guy that basically got drafted when we started covering the Chargers, right? I mean, that's basically around the time when he got drafted and he was such a good player that just missed so many games due to injury. And then last year he comes back, he plays 13 games, gets two interceptions, He only missed 6.4% of his tackles, which would be a relief. He was always a good tackler, obviously. And he had 60 total tackles, which is a lot. But the thing that impressed me more, allowed 34.9 yards per game, which is crazy, in those 13 games and a passer rating of 76.2. But there's the downside, David, and that's what makes it so tough because you've always known Jason Verrett has had the talent, but could you bring him in in good faith knowing how much time that he's missed in the past for you? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? I mean, I think with with Jason Verrett, the talent has always been undeniable. He's been a crazy, feisty corner who's always played a lot bigger than he he was. He was a great tackler. He was able to go up and get the football, had great ball skills. I mean, that first year with the Chargers, he was electric. I mean, pun intended. I mean, he definitely was one of the best players on the football field. He was extremely exciting. But – I mean, that brings the other side of the coin. And, of course, that is the health. That's something you alluded to. The last three seasons before 2020, he played in six of a possible 48 games. So, yes, the injury history is well documented for him. But in 2020, the 49ers give him another opportunity on pretty much a league vet minimum deal. One year, one million and some change and only 137K signing bonus. And he goes out there and he does what you said. I mean, just great tackler, even got some interceptions, a couple tackles for loss. And I thought what was interesting, you look at his PFF grade, his run defense grade and his coverage grade are almost identical. That's like a complete player. And Brandon Staley said he needed to have corners that are going to come in and be good tacklers and be willing tacklers. Jason Verrett has always been that guy. 
His overall grade was a 77.6, and that right now would be tops by almost 10 points from over any of the other Chargers corners. I mean, is there a need at corner? Yes, there absolutely is. The Chargers could definitely add some depth to that position. And is it going to cost a lot? I don't think so because of that injury history that I talked about. So I think a deal somewhere in the one-year, three to $4 million range with the one million, maybe a $1.5 million signing bonus could get that done. And, you know, there's a very little mon- money committed. And he, if he comes in and he replicates that 2020 season, then that could be an absolute steal. Yeah, I would just say that, well, first, really quick, yeah, it was actually six games in four seasons, 2016 to 2019, missed the entire 2018 season on the fifth-year option with the Chargers. But overall, his first five years, 70 out of, or six years, missed 70 out of a possible 96 games. Like, that's crazy, and it was just such a brutal start for him. I don't know how much he's going to get. I mean, if there was a time for him to try to get something more substantial than he's been able to, I mean, it's coming off of a 13-game season. I know if I was the 49ers, I'd probably try to bring him back cheap too. I know he doesn't have any of the coaching staff he once did. There's no connections there, but it's just going to be so hard to, you know, talk, I think, Charger fans into bringing back someone who is so injured. I mean, that many games missed with the team, you can't get anything out of any size contract if the guy can't stay on the field. And still to this point, he's never finished a 16-game season. And that's why I think, John, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. It's tough because if there you know, was anyone you would hope to bounce back, it would be Jason Verrett. I just don't see it happening necessarily. I don't see it happening either. I'm not a fan of making the signing, but I would say just because I'm the pessimist here, I'll, be, I'll make a good case for it. You'd have to think that Brandon Staley would really trust his new uh, strength and conditioning coach or his director of sports performance, I should say, if they were to make the signing. Exactly. That was going to be the point I was going to make, which is basically when Verrett was getting hurt, it was with a Chargers uh, doctors and strength and conditioning coach and all that kind of stuff that was injuring everybody. Everybody was going to – even Melvin Ingram got an off-season – camp basically torn ACL like he was he got hurt in before even a preseason game Jason Verrett was getting hurt in before preseason games he got hurt during the season there was a lot of injuries going on during that case now that we have new guys in there I'd make a case that maybe he could survive that and play a a majority of the season even if he's not the starter he plays limited role even then like I think you still get a good amount out of him but I'm not willing to take the risk that's just me yeah, and I mean, you already have two starting corners, too. I mean, if you bring Michael Davis back, he's going to be out there starting. If you're bringing Casey Hayward back at that cap number, he's going to be starting. Same thing with Chris Harris Jr. So I don't know. But if, you need depth. Yeah, right? you need I mean, depth. We, but the guy also has to want to come in and be a backup. This is a guy that started 13 games last year. So I don't see the sales pitch of him starting all those games and being like, hey, yeah, I'm going to come in at a low rate as a backup. I just don't see that necessarily. I mean, maybe just because of the weird cap situation in the NFL, but I know if I'm him, the first thing I'm going to be trying to do is assure playing time because with that history, the only way he's going to be able to bet on himself and kind of reverse that narrative is by being on the field. So I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere to be a backup. And I think he'll have enough suitors to find himself a starting role with somebody i mean i would have to think so but we do have one more segment to get into it'll be very interesting to see if these two guys would potentially come back to the chargers i think both bring their upside and both bring a lot of risk as well but we do have two more guys to talk about and that is 
one guy who has a strong connection with Brandon Staley, Von Miller, and also the guy everybody's talking about, J.J. Watt, and if they fit with the Chargers, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor for the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Whatever you want to bet on, you can go to betonline.ag and they're going to have something for you. And if you only like betting on football, there's still a ton of things you can bet on. Are the Eagles still going to draft a quarterback now with the sixth overall pick, even though they have Jalen Hurts and have now traded Carson Wentz? I mean, you can get yes on that one for plus 350. So that might not be a terrible bet just because who knows with Jalen Hurts. But there's still things for you guys to bet on. Futures in the NFL on the Chargers. So much stuff. All at betonline.ag. The one place that we trust. And we will even give you some free money to play with because you listen to this podcast. If you go on there, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money with the promo code LOCKEDON only at betonline.ag. All right, so... In free agency, one thing that we've always tried to do is even if necessarily we don't think that somebody is going to come to the Chargers, we still want to have the conversation because we see what you guys are talking about on Twitter. We see the guys that are you know floating around in the mainstream media. And in some cases, it could make more sense than it seems like just off of a first glance that these guys could potentially end up with the Chargers. And I'll start with the lesser likely one, and that is J.J. Watt and I'll start right now just by saying, in a vacuum, yes, you want J.J. Watt on your team. I mean, a guy who's played in 16 games two of the last three seasons, obviously a lot of injuries before that, played in only eight games in 2019, but a guy that when he's in there, even with the sack total, is still an interior pressure generator when he needs to be. He's a guy that can be a great run stopper. I mean, he still has a lot of those great qualities, even though he's not elite anymore, David. And I don't think it's going to happen because he's already been linked to a couple of other teams. I mean, the Packers, the Browns, the Bills even. I mean, a lot of teams are going to be probably trying to at least put an offer in on J.J. Watt. But to me, I mean, absolutely, J.J. Watt would help the Chargers. I don't think that's the question at all. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, he comes in and he brings a resume that has 101 sacks on it, okay? And he's only 31 years old, okay? So he's still got some time. Coming off a six-year, $100 million contract, in 2020, he was making $15.5 million, although he has five Pro Bowls and a five-time All-Pro mantle to his name and two 20-plus sack seasons, which is crazy. Three defensive I mean, although, players of the years, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, his his resume is a mile long, and for good reason. The The guy is a great football player, and he's also a phenomenal human being as well. His charitable efforts, what he's done for the city of Houston is legendary. I think people will never forget him for that. Um, but I think you have to look at the other side of the coin, too. I mean, he, he's only accumulated nine sacks the last two years, although he did bring in 14 and a half tackles for or 14 tackles for loss, so that was good. But, hey, do the Chargers need help with pass rush? Definitely they do. And J.J. Watt's character, his experience, and his leadership are extremely valuable. I just don't think the Chargers are going to be willing to commit the type of money that it's going to take to bring him in. Yeah, and I think there's one thing that, you know, we've seen with great defensive lines. I mean, first of all, you see them on a lot of Super Bowl teams. You saw it again with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we just talked about, you know, Brandon Staley bringing that fact up that, I mean, you have to kind of have a monster defensive line. And, you know, Richard Sherman said, hey, you had that with the Los Angeles Rams, but right now 
after Joey Bosa on the defensive line, who really scares you? And I think that's the biggest question. Jerry Tillery, he said, is a very talented player. Staley, that is. But, I mean, who knows? He said he's a guy on the rise. But it's hard to feel super confident in that. We've seen, you know, defensive lines with Chris Jones and Frank Clark on them win Super Bowls, right? We've seen defensive lines with Shaquille Barrett on them. Uh, Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. Like, I mean, these are special defensive lines. And the Chargers aren't anywhere close to that. And I think that is one of the biggest areas they could make big improvements on, but probably isn't talked about enough. The next guy I want to get into is a guy that could make sense and help the pass rush for the Chargers as well. And that is Vaughn Miller, who has not been released by the Broncos. But the situation is he's going to be a $22.5 million hit against the cap in 2021 if the Broncos exercise their option. Last year, they didn't end up doing it till the very last second. They picked it up just days before the deadline on March 13th. This year, they could end up waiting that long as well. But the one thing about this move specifically, John, is that there's a big-time connection between Brandon Staley and Von Miller because he was Von Miller's outside linebackers coach when he was there in Denver. There is a big connection there. There's obviously a need with the Chargers for outside linebackers right now with Kenneth Murray staying on the inside. Von Miller didn't play in any games in 2020 and is obviously you know, going to have to probably try to play on some sort of a smaller deal than I'm sure he thinks he's worth. He's obviously not getting anywhere near $22.5 million. We saw how long Jadavian Clowney had to sit out last year while he was waiting for his contract. At the right price, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the Chargers would have interest in a guy Brandon Staley knows very well. Well, I think the connection helps a lot. If you're looking at someone like J.J. Watt, for example, with no connection, he wants to do something like play for the hometown Packers that he grew up around, or he wants to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh, you know, but he has nothing to do with the Chargers, right. whereas Vaughn Miller was with Staley, so maybe Vaughn would be like, hey, you know, I liked working with this guy. He was a great coach. I loved being around him. Maybe I'll take a little bit of a discount on my contract just to be around a guy that's going to make me fully c- capable of what I'm able to do. Like, right. Bet on yourself for like- a guy that's going to get the most out of you. Exactly. And maybe so- shove it in the Broncos' <laughs> face like Chris Harris Jr. did. Like, eventually... Guys are going to throw away some money, not a lot. Like if someone was to go, I don't know, let's let's say like the Bengals go, hey, Von Miller, here's $18 million a year, and the Chargers go, we'll give you $13 million a year. He'll be like, okay, I can consider the thirteen because of Staley. But anybody else offers that thirteen, million, he's going to be like, screw you, get the hell out of here. Like I know it's a big jump from $5 million, just to give an example. Like he'll, if you have someone that's you know that will make you a great player and make your, you not waste your career – Sometimes you might get a discount on those guys. So I think Von Miller actually has a small chance. J.J. Watt has negative 80,000 chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I, mean, I don't think anyone thinks that J.J. Watt's going to go to the Chargers. But I have seen some people just saying, you know, it's, it would not be a good idea. And that I disagree with just because you need as many playmakers on the defensive line as you can get. And the Chargers haven't had nearly enough. Even not enough to, you know, get pressure when they had Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa healthy at the same time over the last couple of years. So it is It wouldn't be a great idea to pair him with Joey Bosa. Are right. you guys drunk? <laughs> what? Yeah, and then in Von Miller's case though, I mean, the drop off isn't really there. I mean, the two seasons before last, he played in you know, I mean, actually leading up to that, he played in sixteen games from two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and nineteen. And all of those seasons except for one, he put up double digit sacks. And then in, as recently as 2018, had 14 and a half, 2019 with Brandon Staley, he had eight. But 
I do think that there is something there. I think there is something to think about as far as, hey, I can get a guy with Joey Bosa who's going to create single rushing opportunities for me and a head coach in Brandon Staley that I've already worked with, probably has a great personal relationship with me as Brandon Staley has with a lot of his guys, and a guy who gets to slide right into a starting role that would absolutely benefit a team that could sorely need him. I do think it's something they're going to look into. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to, but... A lot, you know, Trey Turner probably definitely has to go in that situation. You're probably going to run up against some other hard cut situations. The other thing is, is how much is Justin Herbert going to, you know, entice other teams players to come and join you, right? How much is Brandon Staley going to influence other teams players to come and join you? Because obviously California has a lot of taxes and state taxes and stuff like that. It's not like Florida, you know, where there's financial incentive to do it, but are the Chargers a contender? Because J.J. Watt and his list of contenders doesn't have the Chargers, right? I mean, are players like Von Miller, who are older veterans, thinking, oh, hey, I can go try to win a ring with the Chargers? It's hard to say that right now. But obviously, you know, with some moves, with an exciting young quarterback, with an exciting young core on this team, I definitely think there's a chance they can bounce back in a big way. I just don't know if that's a perception from outside free agents. And I think this offseason will tell us a lot about that. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back with you on Monday. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers. And make sure to follow us on our new Instagram page as well, at LockedOnChargers. If you don't already, make sure to please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. Whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there and make sure to rate and review too. We would really appreciate that. We'll be doing some more voicemail shows next week. If you guys want to get your voice on the Lockdown Chargers podcast, the number is 323-524-7924. And we'll probably start doing some Twitter Tuesday stuff as well. So look out for that on Monday. Get your questions on the show. But we'll be back with you guys next week. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.